The Shep Ness Podcast begins now. You're listening to The Shep Ness Podcast, a podcast at Shepherd Church. Our mission here is simple. We want to help people take their next step towards Jesus, and that is what this podcast is all about. We want to help you engage daily in your faith, so we hope that you use this in that way that you dive deeper into Scripture and into what's happening here at Shepherd. Today, I hesitate to say that it's our final podcast on this sermon. Oh, it is. But We're think- good. We're going to wrap her up today. But I think this is the final podcast where we're going to be talking about this past Sunday's sermon. Uh, We are looking at um, the seven churches in the book of Revelation. This is the church in Philadelphia, um, and we're learning what it looks like to be like this church. And today we're going to talk about one final thing that that Jesus commends or or the kind of really the reward for the church being faithful. And then we're going to talk about what that means for you and me and how we can then live into this. So Rob is here one more time, or I mean, he's here lots of times, but for this for one, this one yeah. we're back one more time. So Promise. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So <laughs> so so we're church number six out of seven. Yep. It's church in Philadelphia, not Pennsylvania, but in uh, over in, it's an actual modern never day Turkey. Gets old. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's, you know, just in case someone didn't I listen know, to the I first know. two. Oh, yeah. By the way, if you, hit, if, the, if you haven't listened to any this week, Go back. This is episode three on this. So the last two days, go back and listen to those, and then come back to this one because you might be lost. See, now you're glad I said that because I, well, I reminded you to do that. I'm not glad you're you say welcome. A lot of Everyone, you're welcome. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right, so pat yourself on the back. So <laughs> I can't reach back there. <laughs> so number three. Uh, all right, and, and so what we're doing. This is the sixth church out of seven. Mm-hmm. It's church in Philadelphia, and this is the this is church is very different. Jesus yeah. identifies himself differently. Um, in the, he commends him for several things. And then when we get to the, like, Hey, here are the concerns we have. Jesus has none. He says, literally there's nothing negative in Mm -hmm. here, but then he goes on. He says, but here's the opportunities I'm going to give you because of the good things that you've done. Um, and then what I want to talk about today is the final promise, which is fairly exciting. Um, and, and it's a, and it's a promise to, it's a sweeping promise to the church today. Um, and so I'm going to share with you how I, I'm going to try to be as, as as theologically accurate as I can. All right. All right. So so in, so Jesus promises the church these things, but then in verse ten, yeah, he says this to them. He says, "Since you have kept my command to endure patiently, I will also keep you from the hour of trial that is going to come upon the whole world to test those who live on the earth." Right. Mm-hmm. So we're in the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation is um, a prophetic bi- uh, book that details events that are going to happen in the end. And I believe that the thing that Jesus is talking about here, the hour of trial, is one of those events that are going to happen in the end that we would read about later on in the book of Revelation. Um, mm-hmm. The hour, most theologians would believe the hour of trial that Jesus is referring to is the tribulation. Um, and by hour of trial, it means that it has a, a starting and an end point. And yeah, then it's a fixed Jesus, amount of time. Right. And Jesus says that it's going to come upon the whole world to and so everyone's going to experience it. It's not just a regional or a local thing. And it's designed to test those who live on the earth. So those who are still here, this trial is designed to expose whether or not you have faith in Christ or you don't have faith in Christ. Mm-hmm. Those who have faith in Christ will be saved. Those who don't will will be uh, experience eternal punishment, right? Uh, and so so this is this is the tribulation almost all theologians believe. Now the tribulation, let me explain this as a is a seven-year period of testing that will occur when the end-time events begin to take place. And the Bible teaches us there are many events that will occur during this time. 
Um, but the tribulation will be a terrible time because it combines the wrath of God, the fury of Satan, and the evil nature of man. Um, to understand the tribulation, um, there's there's a couple of things that I think the Bible teaches us that the purpose of the tribulation is. Number one, it's to kind of bring time to an end. Like it's all, like it's time as we know it here is coming to an end at the end, and then Jesus is going to usher in his kingdom, and then the new, this new thing begins, right? Um, it's also designed to fulfill Israel's prophecies. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and let me just say this, that at this point in our history— all prophecies have been fulfilled in the Bible, except for uh, ones that are going to be fulfilled after the rapture. So in the biblical calendar, what we see is that everything has been fulfilled. Every prophetic, every prophecy has been fulfilled, except for the rapture. When the rapture happens, then, the, then there's another list of events that occur that Daniel talks about and Revelation talks about that will occur but none of them can occur until the rapture happens, mm-hmm. right? The tribulation happens after the rapture. So, so, um, uh, so the the tribulation is going to follow the rapture, and then uh, all that. So, so, okay. So, I, there's a lot in here. So, I'm trying to make <laughs> you're sure you're fine. I, you're I think, fine. Think, and think yeah, so you're just, you're defining like this is what he means by tribulation. It's this time of testing after. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So there are there are multiple views on when the tribulation will occur, right? Um, so theologically, theologians come up with, they come up with all kinds of ideas, but most of these ideas fall into th- one of three categories, and that is um, that that we believe that that it's going to happen um, in pre-tribulation, mid-tribulation, or post-tribulation. Mm-hmm. All right, so. Um, so ideally, like for us, if you're a Christian, um, you would hope that the rapture would occur before the tribulation because mm-hmm. the tribulation is a seven-year period where things are just going to go crazy. Um, and if you could miss it, that would be great, right? <laughs> uh, so you would do it. So so a lot of people believe that, but let me s- detail all the views, okay? okay. So so there's, there's the pre-tribulation view that says the rapture will occur before the tribulation, and Jesus says that they'll be kept from the the, the trial, right, uh, or the hour of trial. And most people believe that that word "kept from" means that we're not going to have to go through it. We'll be kept from. And there's a lot of great language, mm-hmm. uh, linguistic stuff that you can look at, like the word "kept" means to keep out of or kept kept away from, not whatever. Sure. So there's the pre-tribulation view that says the rapture will occur before the tribulation. Then there's mid-tribulation, which says the rapture will occur at the middle of the of the tribulation, which is a three-and-a-half-year point. And scripturally and prophetically, there's all kinds of things that will happen at the three-and-a-half-year point. First three-and-a-half years aren't going to be terrible, or they're going to be bad, but not the worst. Mm-hmm. But after the second, after the three-and-a-half-year point, it gets it's hell on earth. It's terrible. Mm. Um, and so some people say, well, Jesus is going to take the church out at that point. And then they're, uh, so they believe that kept from means that we're going to be preserved through it. Um, And then there's the post-tribulation view that says the rapture will occur after the great tribulation. Um, And they think that, again, that word that Jesus said, you'll be kept from, that is going to um, be uh, afterwards. You'll be preserved through the the, the rapture and everything. Um, I think this is my personal thing. And I would say for us as a church, the church lists all three of these things as possibilities. What we all agree on is that the rapture is going to happen. 
no one knows when it's going to happen. Jesus even doesn't know. He's waiting on the Father to tell him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so we don't know for sure when it's going to happen, but most of us think that it's going to happen prior to the tribulation for a variety of reasons. Uh, that's what I believe and what I hope, but I, I want you to know there are other views out there. Coming November 4th is a fall movie night. Bring the whole family for bonfires with hot dogs, s'mores, hayrides, and an outdoor family-friendly movie. Family camp is the highlight of our year. You ask our family, it's the greatest place on earth. I'm sorry, I was late. Again. What what do I gotta do to make it up to you? How about we go to that camp? Church camp? Yes. You guys, this is glamping. What? No Wi-Fi. I can't wait until you realize there's no air conditioning. What? Buckle up, everybody. The Camp Katakwa Trophy, you should see this baby on my mantle at home. The family that takes home the most points at the end of the week takes the cup from my cold, dead hands. We're not monsters, okay? Even though we do make sugar-free, organic, vegan, non-dairy marshmallows. Oh, sounds like my kind of party. Goes like this. I thought my family would just magically become the family that I've always wanted them to be. Things get a little more complicated when you get a peek behind the curtain. Don't forget your blankets or lawn chairs. Invite your friends and neighbors to join us. That's November the 4th at 4 p.m. outside at our Gahanna campus. That was fun. That was something. You're welcome. You can find out about all our upcoming events at shepnaz.org slash calendar. So... I think that biblically and grammatically, uh, we can think that when Jesus said he was going to keep the church out of the rebel, uh, out of the tribulation, that that it's it's he's doing it before it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, I I hope that that's necess- I hope that's the case because you know if say the Lord comes back soon and then uh, I don't think we're in the tribulation now. I think that the tribulation is going to be way way worse than anything we're experiencing now. I mean, I'm not living in Israel, so they might think that, but it's going to be a bad time all over the world at mm-hmm. the same time. So anyway, um, most people think, uh, a lot of theologians uh, think that this the rapture is going to happen prior to the tribulation. It may be different. I'm not claiming to be um, a, an authority on that, and no one really is. But what an incredible promise that Jesus makes here, right? So he says, since you have kept my command to endure patiently, I will also keep you from the hour of trial, which most people think that's the tribulation that is going to come upon the whole world to test who those who live on the earth. And and again, this is is a promise that extends to all faithful churches throughout history. Yeah. And so this promise that Jesus makes here is amazing mm-hmm. that that we would potentially sca- escape this terrible time on earth uh, that is designed to test people's faith. And and it, and it will be designed, it, the people that will be left will be people who didn't know Jesus. Because if it happens before the tribulation, then uh, the Bible says that the rapture, everyone who's believers will be taken with mm-hmm. the Lord to meet him in the clouds and the air and go with him. And then everybody that's left are people who didn't have a relationship with Jesus, because if they did, they would have been taken. So the world is now totally populated by people who don't have a relationship with Jesus, and this tribulation begins. And this this all this time is designed to give people who didn't decide that they knew, wanted to have Jesus in their life an opportunity to do so, but it will be challenging. And the Bible talks about that. And we'll, someday we'll do a series on on uh, you know all the events in the end time, and we'll talk about what the Bible says about those events and everything. But here, I just think it's important to note that 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 Jesus makes this promise. There's a lot of theologians that believe he means that he's going to 
he's going to take the church. We're going to miss mm-hmm. the, the tribulation, and that's that's super exciting news, right? Yeah. And then and then Jesus wraps this up, and he says he's got a call to action. He says, uh, "I'm coming quickly." Uh, and and uh, he says, "I'm coming soon. Hold on to what you have, so that no one will take your crown." And so Jesus is like, "This is all going to happen soon. So hold on, you know." And and so it hasn't happened yet. Um, hopefully, <laughs> or we're we're living in a whole other reality. Um, but but we're we're to hold on because yeah. there's this thing coming. And then Jesus does one more thing. He's like, "Let me just remind you of the. Let me give you some more benefits." Like. There's more, right? Mm-hmm. He says, to him who overcomes, I will make a pillar in the temple of my God. So this pillar, Jesus is affirming the, the permanence of their reward by making them a pillar. Mm-hmm. And um, on Sunday, I showed a couple of pictures of a pillar in from the church in Philadelphia. And remember that the, the area was prone to earthquakes. And so when they built something, a pillar was going to hold everything up. Because they knew there were earthquakes, these are not normal pillars. Mm-hmm. These, are, these are massive pillars, and some of them are still here today. Like the pictures that I showed you are pillars that are still there today. You could put a lot of stuff on top of these things. Jesus is saying, like, I, I'm affirming your your strength, your stability, your permanence in the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And then he says, I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God. So he write he writes his name on them, uh, and and this signifies ownership. So when Jesus writes his name on you, mm-hmm. he's like, you're mine. You belong. Yeah. Like, that's what we do with our stuff, isn't it? We put our name on it so mm-hmm. people will know it's ours. Jesus is going to put his name on us. And then he says, I'm also going to write the name of the city of God on them. So it's going to be like, right. he's going to write his name on us and you he's going belong. to say, you belong, right? Which affirms our citizenship mm-hmm. in heaven. Um, and then he says, I'm even going to, he says, the last thing he says is, um, I'm going to, uh, I will also write on him my new name. And so what a lot of people believe is that Jesus is going to like, he's going to write down his new name. And so because we'll know him in a way that we can't know him now, Uh, And John says this, and again, John is the one who had the revelation, right? Mm -hmm. So John says, dear friends, we are already God's children right now, and we can't even imagine what it's going to be like later on, but we do know this, that when he comes, we will be like him as a result of seeing him as he really is. And so John's like, we're going to see Jesus in a way we've never seen him before, and he's going to write a new name on Mm -hmm. us, symbolizing this new relationship that's going to last for eternity. So yeah. there's a ton of stuff in there. A lot of it's some prophetic stuff, some of it that involves us as a church as well. Uh, but but what a great church to be a part of. And, and I think there's some great things that we can learn from, right? So the first thing is that, that I believe that every single one of us, God has put open doors in front of us for ministry or opportunities for us to serve somebody or to share the gospel with someone. And the truth is when God opens a door, gives us that opportunity, it's because he wants us to walk through it. And when we walk through it, what happens is we, the Holy Spirit uses us to make a difference in someone's life, and He's wanting us to do that. And I think that the the powerful thing about the church in Philadelphia is that they didn't have much, right? But Jesus said you had a huge impact, and they took what they had, and they used it. So what was most important was their availability, and we have to say to God, I'm not going to give you excuses. I'm gonna, If you're giving me an opportunity, it's because you want me to have it. Yeah. You have created this opportunity and walk through it. And so my question would be, you know, what opportunities has God put in front of you to serve him or mm-hmm. to to share the gospel with other people? And, and it, when he does and if he does, we've got to walk through it, right? Mm-hmm. We've got to respond to those things. 
and, and, and allow ourselves to open, walk through those open doors as well. And I think the other thing about the church is that it was a very evangelistic church. Like people came to know Jesus. They may not have stayed in the church, but they were going all throughout the world in, in, in establishing the kingdom of God and that he's calling us to do the same thing, that we need to do the same thing, that we need to share the gospel with people, people that we love, people that, mm-hmm. were fa- that are family, that are friends, uh, maybe people who may come into the church. They may never come into the church, but we mm-hmm. share the, the gospel, build the kingdom, and then they go and, and they do that. And I, I, one of the things I love about this church is that there are many people that have gone out from this church that have come and been a part of the church, but they've gone out and they're pastoring other places or missionaries, or they go to other churches or they're, they've mo- they've been fed here, then they move on and God uses them. Mm-hmm. And that way we're, we're, there's some similarities and it's exciting to be a part of that as well. So I, I just want to encourage you to be mindful of the opportunities that God brings into into your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if God brings an opportunity into your life, it's an open door that he's put there and it's because he's orchestrated it strategically and given you an opportunity to respond, and we don't want to miss the, those opportunities. That's good. And maybe you're saying, I, I don't feel like I have all those opportunities. Well, then maybe we need to talk about faithfulness and getting yeah. back on the right track. Uh, because when you mm-hmm. begin to pray for those opportunities, they happen. We often just aren't paying attention. Yeah. Yep. They're there. Yep. They're there. You're right. There's, we, I, I shudder to think of the opportunities that I've missed yeah. because I wasn't listening or looking. So, But if we could look and see them, man, what a, what a privilege to be used by God to do something. Well, that's going to wrap up our um, episode today. Um, we're not quite done with this sermon series. Um, so you want this sermon we are. <laughs> For three, yeah. we promised. Yeah. Uh, so you're going to want to keep checking in. Come come to church on Sunday. Join us online to continue hearing about the churches in the book of Revelation. If you have any questions, comments, let us know. Podcast at shepnaz.org. You can get a hold of us there. You can find out what's happening at Shepherd through our website, our app, social media pages. We're so thankful for you for listening. For Pastor Rob, I'm Joey. Have a great day. This podcast is a production of the Shepherd Church of the Nazarene, Gehenna, Ohio. Email to podcast at shepnaz.org and let us know what you think.